This episode is brought to you by farmingtheweb.ca. Create your first listing today and receive a $15 Tim Hortons gift card. Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives podcast, where we will be sharing all things motherhood, farming, faith, rural living, and so much more. So grab your favorite beverage of choice and come hang out with your two farm wife besties. We are so happy you are here with us. Hey there, welcome back to the Midwest Farm Wives podcast. This is part two of our interview with Kennedy Haney, Kennedy Youngren, excuse me. She is going to finish out the conversation that we had in part one of episode 71. So if you are listening to this one and you haven't listened to part one, I definitely encourage you to pause here, go back, listen to the episode part one of 71 and come right back and meet us here. Enjoy. Kennedy, what are your tips? Because I'm going to run into this. So I'm using this selfishly for myself. I know Mm -hmm. my dietary, I basically treat my body like a dumpster. Uh, What goes in is not quality food. It's. I'm not sure I understand. Oh, Siri doesn't understand. Siri wanted to talk about my dietary um, restrictions. Make sure she wasn't still listening. Um, So I just don't, I try to make good choices. I try to macro count, but even the Mm -hmm. macros that I'm getting are not good. So great. It's great for the macros. I'm all here for actually understanding what goes in your body. And I understand now that I still eat trash period. Mm -hmm. What is your advice for someone who wants to get on a better track, but is an incredibly picky eater Mm -hmm. to still feel like full and fulfilled and like they're not restricting themselves. That's where I kind of run into diets sometimes is I feel really restricted. And then I just jump off the deep end at the Mm -hmm. end. Yeah, I hate restriction. I know, me too. Hate restriction. (laughs) Um, So I love macros too. It's what I do with some of my clients, and then a lot, a lot of my clients, I'm transitioning off of macros, and we're doing what we call performance plates. So it's where I work with them. It's what me and Wit are doing, where we are working to set up our plates evenly. So in my brain, and the way I teach stuff is, yes, there are three macronutrients, but the fourth one should be fruits and vegetables, antioxidants, how I call them. So if we're getting enough antioxidants, fruits and vegetables per day, we should have positive outcomes if that is the only change we make. So for people who are like, I didn't grow up eating vegetables. I don't like them. They're not fun, whatever. I'll often literally give them a smoothie recipe and I'm like, you're getting five servings of fruits and vegetables in the smoothie. Make it, make it a routine, do it for breakfast or a snack or whatever. And in that, adding in some things like flaxseed, chia seed, you can hide kefir in there. So you can make it super anti-inflammatory, super rich in that destroy the free radicals. Yep. And then it becomes habitual. So if you're going to make one change, Kylie, honestly, I would do, I'll send you a smoothie recipe that's rich in antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, and you start there. But another important thing too, that I work with, again, day to day, I work with adolescents with eating disorders is... We have lost that connection, that mind-gut connection with our hunger fullness cues because we've suppressed them. We we think it's too early to eat. If your body's communicating with you that you need something, you probably need something. It's not it's not a joke when women who are on their period are craving chocolate, they need magnesium. Like your body signals so many incredible things to you. And in that, we're living in a generation that, well, some of us where, um, dietary fats have been restricted 
for females specifically, dietary fat is one of the best things that you can do for your female reproductive hormones. If we're restricting those, we have negative outcomes in our hormones. So making sure that when you put fat into your body, butter, olive oil, avocado oil, um, nuts, you know, fish, beef, butter, you know, it doesn't also have to be margarine and chicken only. There are beneficial fats we get from red meat, from fish, from dairy products and things like that too. I love that. I actually love smoothies. It's, it is truly a habit because I don't mind having a smoothie, but I don't actually know what to put in it. Mm-hmm. I get overwhelmed by recipes on the internet. Mm-hmm. I don't readily have a lot of those things available. I mean, I actually have to go buy them because they're never in our refrigerator. And I really want to start something for my kids too, because I know my eating habits are passing on to them inadvertently just because I'm not fixing things that I don't like. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't mind cooked broccoli. I don't mind cooked cauliflower. I don't really like any raw vegetables. Um, it's a texture, it's a taste Mm -hmm. that makes me want to throw up right now thinking about it. Um, so yeah, I would, I would absolutely adore a smoothie recipe from you. I would feel so Mm -hmm. honored to try it, but I actually think I need to invest in a good smoothie maker and something that makes Mm -hmm. the whole experience better. Okay. Um, I just have a magic bullet from Walmart. It costs $15 and I use it every morning. Does it make it smoothie enough? Yes. Okay. I have a, an old school blender. It has 12,000 parts. I have to take it apart. Too many times I've not gotten it screwed no. down correctly. And like, as I'm adding liquids to it, it's like flooding the bottom. No. So my magic I bullet has the cup and the screw on top. That's it. All you have to wash is a cup and the screw on top. I like that. Do you have and any other recommendations? These are bomb. Yeah, I do the Ninja. The Ninja's got the cup and stuff too. Otherwise, it comes with like a food processor if that's something that you'd use or a big blender or stuff like that. A little more spendy, but it's so worth it. Okay, also talking about kids. Kennedy also taught me something at Cultivating Courage and while I've been working with her that us as a society, which I think that it was even pushed when I was young, that when you're a kid, you're supposed to clean your entire plate. Mm-hmm. And so I've been working with her on like hunger cues. Well, I guess I never know when I'm hungry because I just think I'm supposed to finish my plate. And I do it with my kids. Like, no, you can't get up till your plate's clean. But yes. we've been doing a lot better and we've been doing less portions. I would rather them eat less and tell me they want more instead of sitting there and waiting till their plate's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it raises a generation of people with food guilt too. Like if I didn't finish my plate this is the outcome or this, my parents wasted this money. And it doesn't have to be that way. Cause again, it's just another way that we're teaching these kids to suppress hunger cues. Okay. So let's talk about, let's dive into that a little bit because we currently have that issue in my house and I don't necessarily want them to clean their plate. I one want them to try everything without complaining. Mm-hmm. That's a personal problem. <laughs> um, two, I really, have a hard time when they eat supper, they sit with us, they say, I'm done. I give them the permission to get up from the table. I'm and hungry. It is not, oh, <laughs> if I could cuss a word so bad, it makes me angry inside. It makes me angry because I spent all of that time and and, it, and I don't want to guilt them, but, but I, in the same breath, I'm like, I just gave you the opportunity to eat honestly, not that good of food for you. Like the other <laughs> night we had pork, mac and cheese, cornbread because it was the first day of school. I thought that was something that my kids would enjoy. It was more of a comfort thing. Like, Hey, you had a long, hard day. You worked hard. Let's have something we all like complaining, not eating, getting up once a snack, once a snack before supper, once a snack before bed, my goodness. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't first, know that there's a question there other than like, what do I do? No, I get it. So first, mac and cheese is a complete food. There are protein, carbs, and fat in there. So not a bad choice. I mean, and but mac and cheese really. Oh, girl, that's what I eat at my house. There's no homemade mac and cheese. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, but two, I think something else to consider too, Kaylee, is like, or anybody listening to this, is letting your kids be in the kitchen with you. Because I think that like Reese, I feel like is at that age where if she were in the kitchen with you and was making things, she's probably going to be really proud of herself. And she's probably going to be more inclined to, you know, finish it. And then it also teaches them skills in the kitchen, but it teaches them the hard work and that meals don't just show up on your table either. That mom's not just like in the kitchen doing magic and then it's there. So I would start with that. Um, I don't have kids yet, so I don't know the frustration of my kid not finishing a meal and then asking for a snack. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure I will. Um, I would, I would let them have a snack. Honestly, it's annoying and it's frustrating. It's a way that you can grow, but ask them what they want to pick out for a snack, see what it is. And then take that as an opportunity to either educate, you know, like you could have prevented having to have a snack by finishing your plate or working more on it or see if what they actually want is like authentic. Is it a craving or is it your kids just want ice cream before bed? Right. That probably doesn't right. answer. Right. That's that's right. Like Clayton. Leighton will say, I'm still hungry. And she eats all her plate. So I know that she's either really hungry or she's just wanting to be snacky. And I'm like, what do you want? Um, Fruit snacks. And I just said, that is not going to fill your tummy. Okay. You can pick something else other than that. And if you're still hungry, then yeah, we'll chat. And she usually actually does go grab applesauce or something like our cheese, string cheese. Mm-hmm. And I know she's still hungry. But when she first asks for fruit snacks, I say that is not going to fill your tummy. Like, mm-hmm. no, you're not having that. <laughs> Yeah. And you can say no to your kids. Like, I don't think that it's shameful if you're like, no, that's not a good snack or that's not a good for you snack before bed. You can always tell them like, no, that's something that is going to give you bad dreams or that's something that is going to make you poop the bed, you know, different things like that. You can use excuses. <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's encouraging good. them. Yeah, we're just navigating food. that. Mm-hmm. Reese is a good eater for the most part. It's really my my oldest, Gret. He's seven, has always been picky, has always been catered to. It's more of just a – it's just something we're working through. For sure. It's because oh. we're we're the ones that always will give in usually. Like Bodie will eat the school lunch no matter – I mean there yes. are certain things that he will not eat. But he'll eat the school lunch, but then he'll come home. And if I made the same thing, he would complain to me. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm living this life. Yes. It's because there we're are so the many women out there listening right now and they are saying they're shaking their head like yes and no at the same time. Like that's me and I'm so mad about it. Right. <laughs> a chicken patty. I love school chicken patty. Like I want to go to school with Rhett and I want to eat chicken patty and mashed potatoes and gravy and whatever, like an ice cold milk out of the um the cooler. I love right. I do not drink milk. I, if I, I match I mean, okay. You don't like milk? Not to just drink a glass. No way. <gasps> oh my gosh. I never oh, have. I survived. I went a few months of pregnancy. But I love cheese. I love ice cream. Yes. I love putting milk in my smoothie because I don't know that I'm drinking it. Mm-hmm. Milk with spaghetti. Like a cold <sighs> glass of white milk mm-hmm. with spaghetti and green beans and a piece of garlic bread is the biggest comfort you could ever give me in Nostalgia. my entire life. Mm-hmm. Blech. Okay. We should do questions because we are 39 minutes in and we have, you know, about 15 minutes left. And I do think that there are 
people who want to have some answers from our wealth of knowledge, Kennedy, while she's here. Okay, we've talked hormones. We've talked. We did not. You didn't really say better birth control options. Do you want to chat that, or is that something that you are comfortable with? No, for sure, I can talk about this. Um, So it's a tricky one because I don't ever, like I said, I cultivating courage. If your choice is to use birth control, that is your choice, and and nobody needs to make you feel bad because you want to use birth control. Not what we're here for. There are plenty of people in the world who use. The pill, I've heard more negative things about like Nexplanon, the arm implant, and different things like that that don't have negative outcomes. So some of us are just luckier than others. But you can do, you know, potentially your child a service or yourself too. And you can learn alternative methods. So there's um, like a mucus method where you can tell by like discharge. Sorry, people, that's a gross word. Um, if you're ovulating or not, or where you are in your cycle and just being cognizant too. like, this is my, um, this is my period week. This is when I should ovulate. And so now let me take some, you know, initiative to look at what my discharge looks like and determine if that's a true ovulation. I will preface with, there are lots of people that have hormone disruptions like myself that do not ovulate on the 14th day, perhaps it's the 23rd, everybody. So different things like that have (laughs) outcomes. Um, Or you can use the basal body temperature method. So this is something that we know a relatively decent amount about. So what it is, is it's basically every morning you wake up before you get out of bed, you use a body thermometer. You can use an oral one for sure. Otherwise they do have like specialty ones that I'm sure are just a way to get some money. Um, but you're going to take a vaginal option. Is that what we're talking about? No, I think it's still oral. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but you wake up and before you get out of bed, you take your body temperature. So realistically, our research shows us that like 12 to 24 hours before your body releases an egg, um, your body temperature should drop about one degree. But remember, if you're sick, there's another thing for you too to take into consideration. So that one gets tricky. You have to be diligent. But if you're going for you know, authentic birth control, the copper IUD is a good route. It actually doesn't distribute many hormones within the body. Um, I don't know a ton about how it interacts, but it does block typically, um, pregnancy, Um, but I have heard some horror stories about people getting pregnant on the copper IUD. Are you looking to quickly and efficiently buy or sell agricultural products or get the word out about your ag event? Avoid the headaches of using non-ag marketplaces or classified sites and check out farmingtheweb.ca, Canada's best free classified site designed by and for Canadian farmers. Create your first listing and receive a $15 Tim Hortons gift card. Buy, sell, get back to work, get started today and visit farmingtheweb.ca. You know, the, you know, the really fast, true way of not getting your thermometer in your vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I've like, I'm Catholic. So like I've obviously looked into different alternative birth control methods of like, if you know, it was whatever. Anyways, like read a lot about this. I always thought the basal body temperature was like, I had to use a vaginal thermometer. Like that's, I obviously haven't done it because like, we just talked about this. There are no dumb questions. I I know. I don't feel dumb. There's someone else out there that didn't know that. I just had the giggle. But wouldn't that be fun every morning? Hmm. No, thanks. Um, okay. I wanted to ask, um, oh, well, I guess what I wanted to say rather is we know the one way to not get pregnant is to not have sex just in case anyone didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Abstinence. (laughs) 
Okay. The other big question is gut health. So many questions on gut health. Yeah. What about it? Is there anything specific? (laughs) No, like what are your suggestions? I think it's like people that have no idea what to be doing for gut health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll crank out a couple questions in this too, because gut health is so much more than just like, here, eat these things and you should have a positive outcome. There are so many people who think like if you take a probiotic that you're going to have immediately increased or improved gut health. And that's not true either because like everything else, probiotics typically can just be a band-aid and they can mask a lot of this stuff. Or if it's a probiotic that A, isn't a high enough culture, so a high enough CFU, um, you could be basically wasting your money on a probiotic that you just poop out. So Um, when I make recommendations for things like supplements, if ever I get to the point of recommending a probiotic supplement for you, typically we're looking for a a 30 billion CFU. So it's live cultures. You need that many live cultures because your GI tract is so acidic that it will kill off significant significant amounts of them before it ever actually truly makes it to your gut. So you want 30 billion CFU and you want them to be refrigerated because you want live cultures. So I have lots of people who are like, can I take it as a powder or can I take it as a liquid? There perhaps could be some liquid live cultures that I've not come across yet, but capsules really is the way that they can encompass live culture bacteria or probiotics. Um, In that too, making sure we're having probiotics and prebiotics. So what those are, because they're not common words, probiotics are actual live culture bacteria that go down into your GI tract and they foster basically an environment with diverse bacteria. Prebiotics feed the live cultures. So prebiotics are food for probiotics. Makes sense. Pre versus pro. So prebiotic foods can be things like artichokes, asparagus, cherries, kefir, um, Oh gosh, of course I'm blanking on my list. Asparagus, I think I already said that one. Um, a whole host of different things. Flax seed and chia seeds usually are in there, but you want to have soaked your chia seeds to make it a prebiotic. Fermented foods like yogurt, kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir, those kind of foods. Um, I usually am recommending two servings of those per day. If you can diversify, so we're not doing two servings of kefir or two servings of sauerkraut a day, you can do pickles, you can do kefir, you can do yogurt, you can do all kinds of different things like that. If we can diversify those and have two servings a day, we're in a really good spot too. And a way that you can really understand if you're improving your gut health is like by looking at your poop. So a lot of the things I talk about, you guys, are gross. So when I have people who come to me and they're like, Kennedy, I just talk about poop. And I'm like, don't apologize because I'm unfazed by it. I don't care. I'm probably going to ask you what it looks like. So if you're I was having- trying to like, explain it to you and it's like, um, I don't really know the word. <laughs> yeah, no, I do not care. Um, but like if you're having loose stools, that's not what we want. Like realistically, we want what you picture when you think of poop. We don't want it to be hard. You don't have to strain to go to the bathroom and different things like that. If you're constipated and you're having pebbles for poop, that could be gut health, but a lot of times it's actually just hydration. A lot of times you're just dehydrated or you're not having enough electrolytes free floating in your system either. So looking at your poop, again, if you have, or if you're having diarrhea, you need fiber. Fiber is another thing that's going to foster your gut health too, but your gut health is really influenced by your day-to-day, everyday thing. 
how much exposure you have to sunlight, how much you move your body, how much water you drink, things you use in your house, products you use in your house, everything. Does that answer that question? How do you feel about, how do you feel about, um, so I have two, two questions off of that. Mm-hmm. I have bought into the Kiefer train, but I never know when to take it or what, like, is it first thing in the morning before I do anything else? Is it at the evening before I go to bed? Does mm-hmm. it matter? She's going to no. put it in your smoothie. Yep. You can put it in your well, smoothie. I just like to drink it. I don't actually, but yeah, that's a great place for it. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter what time of day you have it. What I'm trying to create with people is consistency and routine with it. I care most that you're getting it in day to day. However, there is some research to show that kefir has tyrosine in it and tyrosine is going to promote sleep too. So before you go to bed, it typically can help with sleep. How much um, that really influences you is really dependent on your body. Can I take it alongside of like a reds, greens and magnesium mixture as well? Do they have any opposing qualities? No, they shouldn't interact with each other and they should help because again, you're getting quality sources of anti-inflammatories, antioxidants. My next question would be water. We have rural water and I love it. Mm -hmm. My in-laws have well water. It's okay. That was a big change for me. When I started dating my husband, I was like, oh, you guys drink this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that some people really live with a water purifier. Like they believe in it. How do you feel about a, even just one that goes in your fridge that you add water to and it does Mm -hmm. it for you? Yeah. So I've just kind of started looking into this. So I'm going to be honest. I don't know a whole ton about it. But there was just okay. a research article that was released that is really supportive of people who have not used filtered water typically are having, and the research article I looked at was specific to men, are having lower testosterone production, lower sex drive, lower libido, and different things like that. So I, like I've said, I've just kind of started looking into it, and that's a recent research article that came out. So I can do more digging on that. But I personally drink like our well water out here with rural water and that's, you're going to have a hard time kicking me off of that. I know, right? I do love good room temperature water. Yeah. Oh, me too. I hate ice. Hurts my teeth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else you want to add? That's pretty much, there was so many questions that were very similar that you've nailed them all. Yeah. um, Okay. So a couple other things that I wanted to talk about were I saw a question that said basically supplements that you need. So supplements I recommend that you always have and then where to get them. So if you've been around for a while, you know that I'm very food first. I think we can get absolutely everything we need by food. If that's not happening, we can fill in the gaps with a supplement. But food should come first. We'll supplement after. The only things I really, really will be – um, kind of hard on that I recommend is a multivitamin. If you're not getting five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables, if you're somebody who's getting that, you do not need a multivitamin. That's excess. Your body, again, they're multivitamins. So the, most of them are water soluble. You're peeing them out. You're peeing away money. Um, my second one is a vitamin D supplement. So if you are somebody who lives in the Midwest where the sun does not shine and you can be outside only three months out of the year, you need a D3 supplement in the wintertime. So whether or not you're getting enough milk throughout the day or dairy products throughout the day, I usually will always recommend that you supplement with a D3 plus K2 supplement. What that is, K2 is kind of a new vitamin that we're exploring and it has some really powerful benefits, again, as an antioxidant, as an anti-inflammatory. 
um, with DNA synthesis and how our body lays down new DNA and does some really cool things with our interaction with D3. D3 is important for preventing or minimizing the effects of um, seasonal depression and a whole host of other things, bone density, um, preventing osteoporosis, osteopenia, different things like that. But um, the one I recommend comes from Nordic Naturals. That's the brand. It's a gummy. They taste very good. Um, They're actually like fruit snacks, basically. So Nordic Naturals is my go-to brand. Otherwise, sometimes I'll recommend Thorn brand, T-H-O-R-N-E. But really, those are the only two that you will ever hear me say, if this is happening, you should have, but the D3K2 is really what I'm hard on in the wintertime. And then if you're somebody who's struggling with sleep, I never recommend an oral magnesium supplement, or that's my last, my go-to thing, because a lot of people will have diarrhea with that, depending on what form it comes in. So we'll do magnesium lotions or magnesium sprays just because remember our skin is our biggest organ too. So we can slather on some lotion or spray it on our wrists, our pillows, the bottoms of our feet before we go to bed. And that promotes sleep too. What IUI, is it IUI that Mm -hmm. of D3 do you recommend? There's like a thousand IUIs or there's 5,000. Yeah. So I usually recommend 5,000 per day. The D3 plus K2 gummies from Nordic Naturals are only a thousand. So you're having five gummies. So financially, if that's not appropriate for you, that makes it challenging, but they taste really good. It's literally like having fruit snacks. Have you ever heard of the website Wellevate? I feel like just recently I've heard of it. Is it Wellevate or My chiropractor. It's Wellevate, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E. And it's through my chiropractor. She is very holistic. And obviously we are all about the chiropractor. And she had given me some live probiotic options for the kids through this program. You get a discount and different things. I'm sure it has to do with her being a chiro. Mm-hmm. Um, but they offer all offer all sorts of supplements. But I I really, I trust her a lot. And so I just hadn't, was wondering. It's like therabiotic. Have you ever yeah. heard of therabiotic? Anyway. Do kids need 30 billion too? No, kids won't need 30 billion. They'll need half of that, if not 10 billion. So again, if your kid's having diarrhea and taking a probiotic, maybe we pull back our dose on that. I was or just looking really at constipated my kids one. <laughs> yes. Okay. So what are some, I know that we're going to get this question. What are some probiotics that are 30 billion that you suggest? Yeah. Let me pull them up. There's really only a couple brands I recommend and I can't ever remember. It's like Mother Martha's, I think is my go-to with that. Occasionally I'll find another brand. Um, it's Mama Ruth's. And yeah, you can actually buy I've, that target. I've used her products before. Mm-hmm. Our chiropractor, just to throw in another one, she recommended, it's one you keep in the fridge. It's called Thair-Biotic Children's Chewable. It's from Claire Labs. K-L-A-R-E Labs. Um, and I do, or see, K-L-A-I-R-E Labs. They're Biotic Children's Chewable. And it's a 25 billion CFU multi-species probiotic supplement. Perfect. That would be the kids option. Mm-hmm. Another you one said is- Mama Ruth? Yeah. Mm. Or Mary Ruth. Oh, it's Mary Ruth. Good thing you looked it up with. Okay. Yeah, I was looking. I'm like, no, I don't think that's right. Garden of Life is another one that's good. That's another one you can just buy at Target. Perfect. 
now I'm going to change me and my kid's probiotic. There you go. But yeah, I mean, right. your kid can take 30 billion CFU. If it's not having, if, if, it, if your child is not having a poor outcome with it, by all means, you're fostering just a more diverse gut health or a more diverse gut bacteria for them. Which is good. My kids are only 3 billion, so I'm glad I looked. There you go. You can give them a couple. Um, yeah, I'm going to until this is gone. But let's chat deodorant as well before we get off. Yeah, so deodorant's a big one, and I feel like I talk about it often. Um, so when I got really passionate about looking at my deodorant, it was actually in my senior year of undergrad when I took my advanced nutrition and metabolism class, and we learned about our basically those some of those um, electrolytes that are in our metabolic panels that we run. So it wasn't even myself; it was one of my girlfriends did a project on magnesium. So what she learned, and then it was like a group teach, was that your body absorbs 30%, that's it, of the dietary magnesium that you put into your body. So remember, we're getting magnesium from things like nuts, dark leafy greens, and a couple other areas, dairy products and stuff like that. Um, Your body will absorb 30% of that. If you have aluminum that's interacting in your body, aluminum in your deodorant, aluminum cooking products, different things like that. Aluminum is a stronger metal on the periodic table, so it's going to inhibit and prevent a lot more of that absorption. So whereas most people have a 30% absorption rate, if you have high use of aluminum, that 30% looks more like maybe 20 or 15. So a way that we can really reduce anything that inhibits it is by removing our deodorant that contains aluminum. So in addition to that, we do have some research to support that aluminum that close proximity-wise to our lymph nodes and our armpits actually does have some factors that induce um, or promote a higher risk factor with breast cancer and different things like that. So I usually will do a natural deodorant. I like Modern Roots brand. I can link that or send a link to WIT to put in the show notes for you guys too. I've tried Native and Schmitz. Those are fine options too. Schmitz I find gets really hard and almost requires my armpits to need stitches, but yeah, but I would agree. <laughs> Native doesn't last. Like I have to reapply three times a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes you stink worse. I feel like I agree. Also, with that. it's uh, for, for you Midwestern folk not in Kennedy's dialect of Northern <laughs> modern roots. That's what she said. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I love don't the Northern dialect. It's so bad. No, I, I know it's you don't because you don't. You it's you. It's where everyone around you talks like you. I know. I feel like you talk like me, though. Roots. Roots. That's a hard word. Are you looking to quickly and efficiently buy or sell agricultural products or get the word out about your ag event? Avoid the headaches of using non-ag marketplaces or classified sites and check out farmingtheweb.ca, Canada's best free classified site designed by and for Canadian farmers. Create your first listing and receive a $15 Tim Hortons gift card. Buy, sell, Get back to work. Get started today and visit farmingtheweb.ca. But yeah, you have to go through kind of another <laughs> thing, like a detox period with that too. So some people will have um, like painful lumps almost that they get in their armpits when they start switching over from aluminum containing to more natural deodorant. And that's actually your body kind of withdrawing some of those metals and stuff through your lymph nodes. So if you had put deodorant between your toes or in your groin, and then you started using natural stuff in those same spots, those lumps, those painful bumps would come out there too. You just kind of got Which is scary. It is scary and it really hurts. I had it happen one time and it hurts. So 
keep that in mind. But mm-hmm. there's you can use like comfrey. Um, people make comfrey salves and stuff like that. We keep some in the tractor. It's good for healing, wound repair, if you get burned, stuff like that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Okay, Wit, any more questions? I think that covered a lot in an hour. Yes. yes. Kennedy, thank you so much. Heck yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yes. Thank you so much. You are so, so helpful. Good. I'm glad. So where can where can all of our friends find you on socials or website or email, whatever you want to spit out? Mm-hmm. Wait, I just reached out to Renee, the gal that's doing your Cultivating Courage website. So hopefully mine will be up. I think she said she's booked until November. So after that. Um, but you can find She's me. Amazing. She has done such an awesome job with your stuff. It looks like, so I'm excited. Um, but until then you can find me at the dot legendary dot dietitian on Instagram. And then, um, my friend Stephanie and I, who I met at cultivating courage have a podcast called feeding those who feed the world. So we're She's a little, winter. yeah, we're a little less, uh, consistent over there, but you know, but you guys offer so much good info there too. There's she's a lot awesome. of good stuff there. She's so smart, Stephanie. She's yeah. awesome. she she has a gluten free diet, right? She's gluten free <laughs> and just for 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 her health purposes, not just because she's choosing to be that way, right? Yep. It's actually for her daughter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, yep. this was amazing. Thank you so yep. much. Go find Kennedy. Follow her. Okay. Later. Woo. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. You can follow us on Instagram at farmwifeguru and at Kylie Epperson underscore. Be sure to follow or subscribe to Midwest Farm Wives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. And remember, every day may not be good, but there is some good in each day. Stay grateful, friends.